Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Today is the last day of August, if you can believe that, people. And when August leaves and September arrives, you know it's football season, and that is our favorite time of year. And it is game week. This is the first game of the NCAA football season for Navy. Navy hosts the Delaware Blue Hens noon on Saturday at Navy Marine Corps Stadium and this is your Delaware pregame show. Um, we have a great show this week. Joining me is Bill Wagner, as always, from the Capital Gazette. Chris Cervello is our producer. We're also going to be joined this week by Ava Marie with your weather and former Navy defensive end Chris Nerven, who is now a very successful musician living in Nashville. And then we're going to break down a little bit of what else happened with the other sports around the yard. But first and foremost, Bill Wagner. It's Delaware week, and we've talked at length. Gone is that year when BYU came in here and gave us a bad taste in the mouth for the first game of the season. Gone is that Marshall experience that was really almost worse than the BYU game. The BYU game just wasn't as bad because it was in the middle of a pandemic. But now we've got Delaware. Break down a little bit of who Delaware is, what we should expect to see, and is this really just Nehemiah and the team testing out some stuff before they get into the thick of the schedule next week against Memphis, or is this going to be a challenge? Oh, it's going to be a challenge, John. First of all, I can tell you, Nehemiah is happy to have an FCS football championship subdivision school as the opener, as opposed to BYU or Marshall. However, if he could choose an FCS opponent, it would be Colgate or Holy Cross from the Patriot League and not Delaware from the Colonial Athletic Association, which is one of the top leagues in FCS and has routinely produced national championships teams such as Delaware. And Villanova. And James Madison as well. Yep, very, very tough team. New Hampshire, Maine. Like it is a, like as a Villanova grad, I've, I've followed the CAA a bunch in Delaware, especially during the Flacco years was a dominant team, and now it's like Madison is always in the one AA national championship game against, like, Eastern Washington or one of the Dakotas, but still, CAA competition is top competition, right, Wags? Absolutely. Well, Navy defensive coordinator Brian Newberry said on his Zoom call with the media yesterday, he, he compared it to a typical group of five league, like Sun Belt or whatever. I mean, so he, he considers this – you know, Division One football, and, you know, he should know. He coached at the FCS level for quite some time, including at a very good school like Kennesaw State. And just we can't leave out my alma mater, Towson, also reached the national championship game of FCS. They lost, but uh, Richmond is another strong. I mean, this is a darn good league. So the bottom line is this, this is not the FCS opponent that Ken Niamatololo would prefer. He'd prefer, prefer a 
team from a much weaker FCS conference. Um, but Delaware is a traditional opponent for Navy. This will be the 18th meeting between the schools. It, it's not a lopsided series. It's 10 to 7. Navy has won 10, Delaware 7. I covered some of the losses to Delaware. I just got off the phone with Ryan Carty, the uh, new head coach at Delaware. He's in his first year, but he was a backup quarterback to Andy Hall, who led Delaware to victory over Navy in 2003, 21-17. And then four years later, the Joe Flacco Blue Hens came in here and won an absolute high-scoring a crazy affair, 59-52. Flacco threw four touchdowns. So and Delaware Tani was on that team, right? Wasn't oh, he on he, that team that got smoked by Delaware? He was talking about it. He was like, you know, that game was a nightmare, you know, up and down the field when we kept scoring and we're like, well, we'll we'll eventually bury these guys. And they kept coming back. And I mean, they were they were really, really good. They had a great running back that year, too, a guy named Omar Cuff. But Flacco, I mean, obviously he was in a big, you know, look at the career he's had. So he, and I'll never forget in that game, he, he threw four touchdown passes, but one really stood out. He dropped like a 55-yard pass into the arms of a receiver in the end zone. It could not have been thrown any better. The guy caught it in the very corner of the end zone. It was the, and that's when I said, oh, this guy's NFL. No, that's, that's NFL caliber stuff there. But the bottom line is Delaware is quite capable. and. You, you look at their depth chart, John, they have 17 starters that are either fifth-year or sixth-year players. So very experienced, always a lot of transfers from FBS schools. So, you know, you can't take Delaware lightly. Now, Ryan Carty's in his first season. This is going to be his first game. They've been installing new schemes, both offensively and defensively. He just told me that they've been – working really hard to try to, you know, build the culture within the program, to try to build the type of, of, of program he wants. So, you know, that this may be good that Navy is catching a coach in his very first game. There's going to be some hiccups along the way for Delaware as uh, he installs what he wants to do there. But very, very talented team. I know the quarterback, Henderson, Brian Newberry, was raving about him. I think he's got 17 career starts. So he's a veteran guy, and Newberry was, uh, you know, seemed very impressed with his abilities. And I asked him about some skill position players, and he rattled off a, a receiver and a running back that were very impressive to him. So Delaware's going to have some boys. They, they can play. Well, what I was taken by Wags as the depth chart was released in advance of this game is how young the Navy team is. And, and you had written earlier in the week, uh, in the Capital Gazette about how uh, Navy football was very young, young and experienced, particularly at corner, uh, losing two senior starters in the offseason to graduation. But you look across the board, I think you only have two seniors starting on offense and two seniors starting on defense. So certainly the, you know, the future is bright. And I think you have two seniors on special teams with Nichols and the holder. But this is a young, young squad um, yeah, that is probably trying to put their stamp on, on you know, their football season, on their team, on their brotherhood. So really, what, what do you expect us to see from Navy's side of the ball to counter, you know, this preview that you just gave us of the Blue Hens? Well, well that's going to be a theme all year, lack of seniors. They all, they all left. It was during the COVID years, and 
this class of what will be 2023 was decimated. I mean, they, they're just all gone there. I think there's only about seven seniors that are even on the depth chart total. It's just, it's a, the donut in the hole, a donut hole in the program of no senior class. So like I just wrote about both the cornerbacks and the slotbacks do not have a single senior in the unit. So uh, it is what it is, but the good news is a lot of good young talent. Um, you know, they're talking about this being by far the fastest group of slotbacks the Navy's ever had. I mean, Mikel Haywood, Vincent Terrell, these, these are track guys. These guys are sprinters from high school. Um, very, very talented guys. But you're going to see some growing pains. Like I, uh, the cornerbacks worry me, John. I mean, I, they're good. Elias Larry and B.D. Williams, these guys are talented. But they're just so young and inexperienced. And you now you can get exposed at cornerback. Uh, I do expect Newberry to give them a lot of help early, you know, help over the top. But, you know, American Athletic Conference, we've talked about some of the wide receivers that have come out of this league. There's about 14 of them in the NFL right now. James Perchet with the Baltimore Ravens from SMU. I go on and on. There's I was happy to see Calvin Austin graduate from Memphis and get out of here, causing uh, nightmares for years. It felt like he had like eight years of eligibility by how much he torched us. Right. Well, and Antonio Gibson with the Washington Commanders, that's another Memphis guy. I mean, Daryl Henderson, it was with the uh, St. Louis Rams. That's another Memphis guy. Um, you know, I could go on and on naming the wide receivers from the American Athletic Conference that are in the NFL now. But um, the bottom line is, is that there's probably going to be some growing pains at the cornerback position. But the overall talent level in the the sophomore and junior classes in particular is what we're going to see this year. Um, they are talking very they love the looks of the plebe class, but only two plebes are on the depth chart. There's a, a third string inside linebacker and a backup at the cornerback spot. But initially, I don't I don't see Andrew Duhart playing at corner um, early because he's still learning the defense. But, you know, they like the plebe class. So the, the future is bright for Navy football, John. You're absolutely correct. Well, you know, Chris, I'd like to bring you into this to, to see what you're expecting to see, you know, and, and I'll ask you to pick a player. Um, not only for the Delaware game, but for the season. For me, it's Mikel Haywood. Um, Wags has brought him up. He's entering his sophomore season. He was a difference maker last year. And I think what we've really been missing for a long time is that electric slot back that keeps defenses honest and gets our asses out of our seats, like excites the game, makes the game fast. And, and if they're talking about this being the most athletic and lethally fast team in a long time in Navy football. I think it starts and ends with Mikel Haywood. So that's who I'm really looking forward to being the difference maker and setting the tone against Delaware and then being there all year for you. What are you looking at? Uh, really? It comes down to tie. I mean, for me, it, it's uh, Ty's ability to manage the offense. Right. And so you'd say, well, duh, Chris, I mean, it's a triple option. Of course he's got to do that. I think it's not so much that he, you know, how well he plays, it's how he controls his emotions. It's how he limits mistakes. Look, they're going to make mistakes. They're a young team, as you guys just talked about. But Ty's ability to really come out, uh, limit those mistakes, prevent them from, you, you know, coming up with, you know, third and eight, third and 10, third and 12. Um, that, to me, is going to be the, the season. And then I would say the other player is 
um, you know, Bijan Nichols. I, I think that, you know, if, if Bijan has the type of year that we've seen from him for the last 12 years that he's been our kicker or however long he's been kicking. <laughs> he's entering his fifth senior right. year. Right. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's Ty and Bijan. Bijan, if, he, if he's solid and if Ty limits the mistakes, I think we're in a lot of games uh, at the beginning of the season as uh, our guys grow up and, and as they mature throughout the year. I think we're a good team at the end of the year. Conversely, if we make dumb mistakes on offense, if we give away points, if we don't make the field goals that we're supposed to make, um, I, I think it could be a tough couple weeks. Yeah, and and Wags, I'll get you know who your uh, player to watch is here in a second. But my my second one, you know, as you mentioned, Nichols for you is John Marshall. You know, like through the Navy football podcast and us, we seem to always talk about the offensive side of the ball, the wide receivers and Ty and Haywood, uh, Katani obviously being a running back, Keenan being a quarterback. But yeah, Newberry's defense and what John Marshall said at Media Day about them being a no-name group, a group that's going to go out there and quietly get it done, I think he is going to be the catalyst for that defense really holding teams at bay while Ty, you know, as you discussed, kind of gets it done, uh, finds his way and leads this team. So, Wags, who are you looking at? Well, I like yours, John. Yours are very good. Haywood is, uh, he, he is exciting, and I do expect to see him turn the corner and take a few pitches to the house. I really do. Um, he did it on the kickoff return. Uh, he, he can do it from the slot back position. And we just had Brian Newberry raving about John Marshall said he has just really had an exceptional preseason. So I do know he's going to play well, but here's my guys, Anton Hall Jr. The fullback, you've got to have a fullback presence. There's question marks because he's undersized. He's five foot eight, 205 pounds. He's not your typical Navy football fullback, the bruiser type. Um, but he brings an element similar to Jamal Carruthers in that he is a breakaway threat and he's quick. So he can make cuts within the hole. So uh, Anton Hall has ability. I've, I've heard people quietly and Ty Lavatize, one of them, saying this guy is, he is really, really talented. Um, but he's he's young. He's a sophomore with, I think, four carries to his credit from last season. So it's going to take time. So to me, Anton Hall Jr. is, is the key, along with his backup, Logan Point, because they're always going to use two fullbacks. But those fullbacks have got to be productive. It's the number one option and the triple option. It all starts with the fullback dive. And if these guys aren't getting the job done, it's going to be a long season. On the defensive side of the ball, the inside linebacker has always led Navy in tackles. If you go back and look at the leading tacklers for Navy over the last 14 seasons, in all but a few years, the inside linebacker was leading tackler. They're, they're critical in, in this defensive scheme. The inside linebackers, it is all set up for them to, to roam free and make tackles. Uh, Will Harbor is basically replacing Diego Fago, and he's got a lot of ability. He's very you know, tough, hard-nosed guy, reliable is the word that Brian Newberry used for him, but um, he's coming off an injury. He did not, he missed the, I think he only played three games last year, maybe four, missed the back end of the season due to injury, had off-season surgery, was not available for spring camp. So he is shaking off some rust, and there is another player, Johnny Woodson-Brooks, is now listed even on the depth chart with Will Harbor, which 
I mean, you can look at it one of two ways. Will Harbor did not, you know, he's not a Diego Fugo, obviously, or else he'd be the clear-cut starter. But the other half of that is Woods and Brooks has been outstanding in prison camp, and he is going to play. And they're different types of players. I think Woods and Brooks is a little more explosive, a little quicker, faster, um, more athletic. You know, Harbor, like we said, is a tough, hard-nosed guy. So real rugged. So there are different types of players. But between the two of those at the Mike linebacker position, they've got to have good seasons. Um, so those are my guys. Uh, Will Harbor slash Johnny Woodson Brooks on the defensive side and Anton Hall Jr. slash Logan Point on the offensive side, John. Can you think of a better linebacker name than Johnny Woodson Brooks? I mean, I like that guy already. <laughs> I, I, like I just like how everyone does the hyphenated name now. I might, I might try that out. I never got that. I never got what would that. Be your, what would be your hyphenated name, John? Uh, I, I guess, yeah, it would be John Malloy Schofield. I mean, <laughs> I guess I'd have to choose like what other like maiden name I want to use. That one doesn't <laughs> sound as good. That sounds horrible, actually. <laughs> that that <thing laughs> sounds terrible. No, what happened? Johnny Woodson Brooks is a combination of Rod Woodson and Derek Brooks. Exactly. Well, I, Chris, you know, after hearing this, like, let's take this out. Yeah, there, there's nothing really more to do now than to, you know, strap them on, get between the lines and, and play Delaware on Saturday. You know, I, I love having you reprise your role as Jimmy the Greek. We're going to be doing it all year again. This is my favorite time of year. Um, I think you mentioned that the line is 15 and a half, uh, maybe favored by 15 and a half against the Delaware Blue Hens. What's your prediction for Saturday? Well, let me give a disclaimer before we get all sorts of ugly texts and, and hate email. Most apps and most Vegas casinos will stay away from this because it's FBS versus FCS, right? So they'll say, no. Now, there are a few sites that have put out 15 and, and 15 and a half because we give you more at this podcast. We are going to give you a line. The line we're going to call it is 15. Um, I think that's a little aggressive. Um, I, you know, the fact that Delaware is coming off of a down year, uh, as Wags mentioned, the fact that they have a new head coach, the fact that this is the first season, I think Navy wins, but I don't think they cover that 15 uh, points uh, spread. So if you're making bets in the parking lot, I would take Delaware with the points, but know that Navy's going to win. Uh, and the over under from those sparse predictions is right around 41. I think that's about right. I, I think I would go over. I think that, you know, it's a slow first half. I think the offenses get it together in the second half. And I think it's a, an exciting game, but I think maybe wins somewhere around the seven, eight, nine, uh, you know, point uh, differential. I like it. I'm going to predict a 28 to 12 Navy win. Uh, Ty Lavatai is going to be responsible for three touchdowns, one through the air, rushing for two, Mikel Haywood gets the fourth touchdown. The defense shuts down Delaware uh, in their first game under Coach Cardi. And, you know, we, we see the season, unlike the last two seasons, we see the season start off with a W. That's my bold prediction. Um, you know, that covers and it's under. Um, so, you know, that's where I'm sitting. Wags, what do you think we're going to see on Saturday? I kind of lean more to credit. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring just because of first game jitters and a lot of new guys at the skill positions for Navy. I think Navy will eventually have a team that can be very high powered and put up a lot of points, but I don't know 
that'll if it'll manifest itself in the opener. Um, I, I do see Navy scoring about 28 or 31 points. And I think Newberry's defense is going to give, you know, a, basically a, a brand new offense in Delaware, a newly installed offense that Ryan Carty's brought from Sam Houston State. Newberry's been watching Sam Houston State tape like a madman. I, I think he's going to dial up some things uh, that's going to give the Delaware offense some trouble. And I, I don't see Delaware scoring more than 20 points. So maybe uh, 28-17 or 31-20. But Navy wins. But I agree with Chris. They don't cover. Well, we'll see what happens here. I, I like that I'm going up against the two experts. We'll see what uh, we'll see what actually happens on Saturday when we lace them up. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit at the end about uh, where we're going to be and the action that you can see and hear from us on social media and in person on Saturday at the end. But without any further ado, a really important part of this game, the impact on this game after coming out of just practicing will be how do the elements affect the players and how do the elements affect you, the tailgaters? So uh, let's hear from Ava Marie with WBAL TV here in Baltimore. She's back for her second season doing weather for the Sing Second Sports podcast. And without any further ado, let's talk to Ava and see what we're going to see on Saturday. Ava Marie is joining us now. And as we were discussing the Delaware game, one of the very important things to consider, not only as an attendee, but as a tailgater for Delaware at high noon on Saturday is the weather. And we are so happy to be joined again by Ava Marie of WBAL TV 11 weather team. She joined that team as a meteorologist in 2011. Prior to uh, joining WBAL, she was a broadcast meteorologist in Kansas and Pennsylvania, a proud Kansas Jayhawk who made Woo-hoo! me sing rock chalk to uh, <laughs> satisfy my losing bet in the uh, Final Four last March. We are so happy to bring another Denver, Colorado native onto the podcast to give us the weather. Ava, number one, catch us up with what you've been doing since we last talked to you. It's been a long summer, but it's football season. So what do you, what have you been up to? Oh gosh. Yeah. And last time, John, I did see you, you were, you, you, you did a good job holding to that bet. I, I was very <laughs> impressed. You committed and I was proud. So I'm proud I mean, to have you not another a very Kansas fan. Song. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just had to kind of say rock chalk very slowly, but you know, I'm happy, to, happy to pay my debt. Well, we'll see. Let's see if basketball season has us pitted <laughs> against each other again. Um, yeah. Oh, it's been a fun summer. I'm glad I got to go to the beach with my kids. And, but now's the time of the year that I, I lose my husband to college football. You know, it's just every week and I know not to make plans on a Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I know that you guys have Kansas state and Kansas in your heart, but we are so happy to have you. And I know that Dave Lilliflorin and the lily pad was really, really happy to have you as you came to a game at the end of last season This year, we're hoping to get you and your husband out for a little bit of a warmer game. Um, And on that note, it's been very, very warm, although the cold front came through last night with a lot of thunderstorms. But now it looks like it's going to be pretty dry and just maybe a little bit of kind of seasonal heat on Saturday, right? Yeah, it does seem like these next couple of days are going to kind of spoil us because the humidity will be so much lower, at least through Friday. And that makes it really refreshing, especially in the morning hours. What's going to change this upcoming weekend is that the humidity will start creeping back in. I don't think it'll be as high on Saturday. Sunday probably looks a little more humid, but that's just something to keep in mind. It will get a little hotter and a little more humid then by the weekend. So you kind of have to take that into account as you're going to be outside for many hours for the game. 
uh, especially as you hit the game at noon, you're right at the, um, the highest part of the day as far as the sun angle goes. So that sun just makes it feel so much hotter. So I am a huge proponent of finding some shade, wearing a hat. It, it makes all the difference to keep yourself cool. So uh, do people ever set up like those big tents like by their cars? Yep. Yeah, it's a big thing. You know, the tents, the flags. So I think we were talking about sun safety before uh, before we went live. Um, you know, what advice would you give other than making sure that you have a tent and, and obviously the right amount of hydration? Yeah, the big thing is uh, it can feel about 15 degrees cooler when you're in the shade versus the sun. So think about that. If the temperature is going to be in the upper 80s on Saturday, if you're in the shade, it could actually feel like it's closer to the 80s. But then when you're in the sun, it could actually feel like the upper 90s. So it's the sun that actually makes it feel hotter than the actual temperature. So find some shade. You're going to be the most popular tent if you have the shade on Saturday. And of course, hydration. I know everyone's there to have fun and have some fun drinks. But my mom's rule has always been one drink, one glass of water, one drink. So uh, and she's never steered me wrong. So that may be the way to go on Saturday when it's going to be so warm. We used to call that, oh, wow, one wine, <laughs> one water, uh, O-W-O-W. So I know and you're that, uh, still here, producer... to, say, here yeah. to live, the, to tell the tale. Yeah, I, I know our producer is an avid uh, proponent of the one wine, one water um, you know, ratio there. So always good advice. Now, the most important question as we go out, Ava, is, you know, what's your prediction Navy has to take on, you know, a Delaware team that's not as tough as like the BYUs of the past or the Marshalls of the past, you know, really tough starts to the schedule. Delaware is an FCS team. You know, what's your prediction for Saturday's outcome? And that's tough, too, because Delaware is so close. Do you get a lot more people visiting for the game and a lot of people who are living in Maryland from Delaware? We're it's trying to get a... Joe Biden to come, but, you know, I guess he's busy. <laughs> Oh, but you know what? I, I'm confident that Navy's going to pull it off to kick the season off right, especially with the beautiful weather. And then as an avid Bronco fan, when when Russ brings Seattle back to the house to start <laughs> off the NFL season, what do you think the Broncos are going to do? Oh, gosh. I honestly, I haven't really been following them this year. And and I don't even want to talk about Kansas football. They they've been having some tough years since I left school there. So I think I'm a Navy fan now. How about that? There you go. Well, we can't wait to have you back to the stadium, and we thank you so much for continuing to help us do the weather. You heard it, folks. Sunny, a little bit more humid on Saturday. Remember, a noon start, so play the long game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and we will be hearing from Ava when we have the weather for next Saturday's matchup against Memphis. Ava, thank you so much for joining us. Good, and you guys went easy on me with this weather. We'll see if we have some more challenging forecasts coming up. I know, right? We, uh, we're never going to hope for rain, but I think we need a little bit in this area. I know my lawn does. So, All right, Ava, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have Chris Nerven. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Navy fans, hopefully John and Wags have you amped up for the home opener. We are just days away from this Saturday's noon kickoff at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium as your midshipmen take on the Blue Hens of Delaware. It's not too late to get tickets. Get on over to NavySports.com or call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. Get your tickets today. And while you're on the website, don't forget about the little ones in your house. Be sure to sign them up for the Kid Shipman Club. 
The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. And for just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from the one and only Bill the Goat, and more. So go to NavySports.com, grab those football tickets, and sign up the kids for the Kid Shipman Club. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Really honored to be joined on this, the, the preview show for Delaware, the start of our football season by Navy football alum Chris Nerthen. Chris Nerthen graduated in the great class of 2015, played DN, played sparingly, but you know got his letters. He was on the field. He was part of the program and thus part of the brotherhood. And now you know, taking that craft after going off and being a SWO after graduation has started a family and started a music career that we are really excited to introduce our listeners to. So number one, Chris, welcome to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Number two, introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit more about who you are and where you are now. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. I love this podcast. I'm a big fan and I just appreciate the love. I'm from Philadelphia originally. Uh, um, I went, graduated in 2015 from the Naval Academy, commissioned as a SWO, went straight to Virginia Beach, and uh, did see, let's see, two sea tours on uh, two amphibs throughout the Virginia Beach area, and then just um, lots of deployments, a lot of Fifth Fleet stuff, South American stuff, a lot of uh, humanitarian relief, had a really, really good experience, and then got out in 2020, did my five. Instead of taking a short tour, just went straight to Memphis. Um, my wife was born and raised here in Memphis, Tennessee. I thought it was a good place for us to launch. We had a lot of support here, a lot of family to to lean on. Um, and we're also just outside of Nashville. So it was a, a lot of strategy in coming to Memphis. And, yeah, tried, tried to play football at the academy. And I, I appreciate it. That's how I'm going to start saying it just the way you said it now. When people ask me my experience at the academy, exactly how I'd put it. Well, I mean, that gets me to my next question, which is, you know, no matter how much you play, whether you're an intramural warrior, whether you're seeing, you know, time, you know, like Keenan Reynolds is a four-year starter, or you're just seeing time sparingly, you know, the athletic mission, the physical mission at the U.S. Naval Academy is such a critical part of that triad, that moral, mental, physical approach, you know, that means so much to all of us. So, for you personally, how did the physical mission inform, you know, your success, not only as a naval officer, but now as a father, now as a musician? Like, how does it inform what you do? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right on the money. I think um, Navy football and then further on in my uh, in the fleet is pivotal, was pivotal in the development of me as a as a man, a father and a businessman. I mean, as a professional, period. Um, I like to say, just like you're saying, um, the experience, I wasn't, I didn't go to the Naval Academy to be a gridiron star when a lot of my teammates did. Some guys were there to, were meant to be playmakers. And for me, um, I was meant to be there, but not to be, I think this is, it was a stepping stone for me to be, you know, to develop me and my character and, and really to go through some serious adversity and to harden me to, to, to ready me for what I'm trying to pursue now. So yeah, I, I owe. I, I would never change it. I would go back and do it all over again, especially with I know now, what I know now because I think I could have done it better. But uh, I think it was a great experience, and I owe I owe a majority of of my development and any success I have in the future to the foundation that Naval Academy gave me, and uh, and then furthermore in the fleet, 
definitely the, the teamwork, the, um, the physical, mental, um, and spiritual mission that we can, we can get at the Naval Academy is, is pivotal. And I would encourage anybody to one to who's in the, in the thick of it right now to keep going. It's a great place. It's a tough place to be at a great place to be from. Everyone knows that. And, uh, anybody who's thinking about going to the Naval Academy, any family, uh, you know, legacies or whatever that are looking at what direction go for it, take the challenge. I, I don't regret any of it. Wax. Well, Chris, don't sell yourself short. I'm looking at your bio and you played in 13 games on special teams as a junior, and I'm sure you played special teams again as a senior. Um, I do find it interesting in this bio, which is posted going into your senior year, you were a defensive end, but it said that you were looking to get time at nose guard. So I guess you they threw you inside. Uh, do you remember? Well, yeah. nose guard? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't expect you to remember, but I was actually – I did a stint um, on the offense too. Like going into my junior year, I they moved me over. I don't know if you remember Ryan Paulson. But, oh, yeah. Uh, he was kind of like a D-line convert to O-line, ended up being a great uh, asset for the offensive line. I think they may have saw that potential in me, and then I just completely squashed it when I, like, <laughs> failed miserably on the offensive line. But um, so I was moving around a lot. I think I think there was some – I had had potential as a player, but, you know, just long story short, couldn't make it happen. But, um, yeah, came back in the junior year. And um, got started seeing some time, you know, uh, trying to make some time at nose. Bernie Sarah was a was a hero of mine. He's a class under me. But um, we had Pat Forstall and Bernie Sarah that were in between me. And I, I wasn't again, I was outplayed uh, easily. But, yeah, saw some saw some uh, some opportunities throughout the whole defensive line. We all moved around. It was all like D tackle, D end. You know, um, we're pretty interchangeable. But. I think Forrestal and Sarah are both Pennsylvania guys too. I know Sarah's from Pittsburgh. I thought pretty yeah. sure Forrestal was from Philly area. Bernie, Bernie's a Pittsburgh guy. I don't think Pat is from Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, I but yeah. yeah, but a great guy. Both, Two of my favorite dudes. I love them. They were both about 300 pounds and you were like 260. That was, yeah. that was little- I couldn't get two, past 270. I could not break that weight. I just think my body wasn't meant to be 300 pounds, but I wanted to be. But. So let me ask you this. I mean, how long have you been into country music? I mean, you think from Philadelphia area, not necessarily country capital of the world, but um, were you strumming a guitar when you're at the Naval Academy and pressing yeah. your football teammates with your musical chops? I think I was. I think, well, I will say to clarify, I'm, I'm really more on the Americana side of things. Um, I can sing some country, but uh, you're right. My my influences and my music range is is kind of my genre is more uh, alternative and more Americana, but I definitely can tap into the countryside too. Yes, in the locker room, I, that, I thought when you when I first topped on, you said you remember you had a memory. I thought you were going to talk about the time my brother and I would would play the Navy football talent show in our in our uh, Captain America underwear with our guitars. That was like our claim to fame. And there oh, is. Got- video of that oh boy. yeah so there, there's real proof like when you remember when showtime came and did a special in like my sophomore year and that was like some screen time i got was the uh me and my brother playing i do I remember, remember that, I was, that was my yeah. first year as the pao i remember that <laughs> so i did start i think that's kind of how sweetener came about my brother and i were the were the nurs you know uh, big nur little nur and then i started playing music and i just think it evolved into I don't know. I was the guy that was just playing tunes and it just be- became a, that was my thing, you know, in the locker room for sure. 
So obviously we're very anxious to see you play and in, in person of, do you think you'll gig at Annapolis in the Annapolis area anytime soon? I know you mentioned to Scott Strassmeyer possibly doing Rams head roadhouse or one of the Rams heads, maybe live in, in downtown Annapolis. Will you, will we see, can we see you in Annapolis coming soon? Yeah. Um, not officially, but yes. In, uh, we do something special with our, we have a food truck down here and we've actually had the opportunity to feed the football team when they come to play Memphis, uh, which was fun. And what we do is we take that truck and we come to people's homes or small businesses and we put on house shows with my music. So that being said, I do have a, a vision to take the house show concept on the road and hit up Annapolis. So um, we definitely have aspiration to get up there and we've talked to some alumni, maybe working some tailgate concerts or something, um, all that's in the works, but nothing, nothing in stone yet. But to answer your question, hundred percent, I do want to come back and play some music in Annapolis. Well, on next year, Navy will play at Memphis and we'll make sure you got to get a gig going when Navy plays, uh, Memphis. Yeah. And Memphis here. Yeah. It's all, it's, all, it, there's so many fun opportunities. We have such a great network. The, the Naval Academy's network is amazing and strong and it's got a lot of depth. And so, yeah, as, as we get into this business and in, in the industry and you get creative with who, you know, you know, you really have a lot of opportunities right in front of you. So yes, all that's in the works and we're just planting the seeds like right now, talking to you guys and just getting the word out there. And we just appreciate the support. Well, so uh, one of your big hits is uh, Baydale and, I know I've heard the story behind it, but why don't you tell our listeners, you know, Baydale Drive is a road in Arnold area of Maryland that goes into Bay Hills, actually, is the community. But kind of tell us how Baydale came about. Yeah. Uh, my aunt and uncle were my, was my sponsor family. And any, any alumni listening knows the whole sponsor family aspect of, the, of your experience at the academy. I was lucky enough to have a you know, biological aunt and uncle there that lived in Arnold. And yeah, going back to school was, was awful. You know, there was a lot weighing on you, not only with being, being both a student and an athlete and just being a plebe and just being in the military environment. So me, some people embrace that people like me, I try to spend, I get the very, to the very last minute before I have to go back to school. And that's where I would uh, soak up those last few, few minutes of freedom at my aunt and uncle's house. So Baydale, that was the, it was the exit taken um, right after you cross that Chesapeake Bay Bridge and you get over there and Baydale's an exit. So I would just quickly sneak off over there. It also is just like a cornerstone for a lot of family as, as football season was so fun um, for us, especially when my brother and I were both there. We really had a lot of family coming in, tailgating, enjoying the, the football season. And they would all we'd all would uh, meet at, at my aunt and uncle's house. So it just became a, a home of of really fond memories while we were there. And it was kind of like an era that we call it um, of the Naval Academy era of our family. Um, so anyways, my aunt Pei passed away a few years later after our, um, I came back from a deployment, got married, and then um, she got cancer and ended up passing away. But that we, we had come up for her funeral and wrote that song in her living room with, with the family gathered around. We just kind of um, just, I, I always had this, this chorus in my head of Baydale, won't you let me in? That was always something. And I just started riffing it. And we had, a, we have a great musical people in our family. So we just started throwing memories out there. And next thing you know, we had the whole song done. And there's a video, music video that we have of this song. And the last footage from the video is from that day when we were all sitting in the kitchen 
uh, singing along to the song. That was like, you know, re very real time. That was when it was it was brought to life. And now we're two years later, we finally have it out on Spotify and stuff. Chris, you know, I, I started listening in credit to Scott Strassmeyer, who turned us on to it. You know, I really liked Josephine. I really liked Paradise. You know, I, I loved the diversity of your music. You know, I almost like stomped on Wags when he called it country music because one of your songs, you're kind of like ska rapping, um, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, but then as someone who takes Baydale Drive every single day to get home, you know, it, it just spoke to me. Yeah. As, as we go out, you know, how can people get more access to your music? What should they search? What should they find? What's your Instagram handle? We'll put it out on our social media stuff. But how do people get more of Chris Nervin? First of all, thank you for listening and going deep into the catalog. I really appreciate that. And it's really plain and simple. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. I got a YouTube channel. Um, it's all under Sweet Nur, S-W-E-E-T-N-U-R. Um, sweetener music on on the social media platforms and just sweetener on the uh, listening platforms and that's it i mean we have a website sweetenermusic.com that is kind of like your your end all for everything you need there but we just need people to follow us we we, we you know today's world of music uh, the measure of your concept is, is measured by your followership your listening streams your downloads and that's what we need we just need one by one people like you guys just listening sharing and um yeah you never, you know, one person can make a big difference if, if each of us just share the music. Well, we're definitely listening. We will be sharing. We'll be posting on our social media channels, the Bay Weekly article about Baydale. Um, and we'll be posting all of your Spotify and other listening channel links. Ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen, Chris Nerthen, um, we appreciate you so much. And before we go out, and we're going to be going out to the sweet sounds of Baydale. Before <laughs> we go out, give us your prediction uh, on Saturday against Delaware. I think we're going to have um, a good victory. I think it may be tough in the first quarter or two, but I think by the end of the end of the game, we'll have made our adjustments and handle the handle the team pretty well. I think we'll be excited about um, the season kicking off. It's a home game. The atmosphere will be back. I think this team has been through a grind. I think we came off a rough season, and I think that's this is where Navy does best is when our backs are against the wall. We're the underdog. We need to prove something. Our chips on our shoulder. I know we got some angry, you know, not angry in, in a good way. Some players that really want to make a, a payback season. They really want to make a difference and prove something. So I'm just going to lean into that and and uh, and put hope in in their in their attitudes and and their ethos. Well, Chris, we know that you are yet again another example of the greatness that the physical mission and the U.S. Naval Academy creates. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate your music. Ladies and gentlemen, go out and listen to Sweetener. I love it. It is absolutely the best. Chris, we'll have you on again. And until we meet in Memphis next year, all the best to you and your family. Thank you all so much for listening. John Wags, have a great rest of the season. Hopefully I'll be back on. We can, I'll, I'll come on anytime you want. And I uh, just appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. No, we appreciate you. And ladies and gentlemen, as promised, as we go out, hear the sweet sounds of Baydale.
This podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible without the support of our sponsors. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure Ava Marie and I were talking about earlier in this podcast? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Before we take this podcast out and really get ready for the Delaware game on Saturday, let's talk about the week that was. And it was actually a pretty quiet week and not necessarily the most successful week, so let's talk about it. Playing its fifth game over a 10-day span, the Navy women's soccer team was unable to extend its run of undefeated play. They dropped a 1-0 decision in Niagara on Sunday afternoon. I was out there. It was just a tough day. It was hot, uh, probably the way it's going to be on Saturday against Delaware. But, you know, Niagara just looked bigger, a little bit faster. They got more chances. They had more possession. Um, it was Niagara's first win of the season. Uh, they were powered by a second-half goal by Amanda Cripps. Um, and it really looked like the mids missed Caitlin Duran. She missed the game after injuring her leg in the previous match. Um, also notching their first win of the season, unfortunately, was Fairfield men's soccer. Uh, the Navy men's soccer team was unable to answer a second half goal from Fairfield on Sunday evening, and the Stags defeated Tim O'Donohue's men 1-0 as well. Uh, the mids now moved to 1-1 and overall, and while the Stags improved to 1-1, and Tim O'D, I think, has to think that this was a game that got away from them. They were missing Ayoyama. They were missing David Jackson. They were missing Christian Coelho. Um, and, you know, O'D even mentioned it in his post-match remarks. They had a lot of the possession, but they just couldn't finish. They were missing those three guys. It affected them a little bit. But O'D said that they would rebound. Uh, it's still earlier in the season, and he expects great things from this squad. The early season got off to a tough start as well for Paco Labrador and Navy Volleyball. After getting swept in straight sets by Maryland and dropping a three sets to one decision to Florida Gulf Coast on Friday, Navy did get their first win of the season. They got a career-high 18 kills from, jo from junior Jordan Llewellyn. And now sitting at one and two, the volleyball team had a four-set victory over Rhode Island. Uh, that was played down in College Park at Xfinity Center on the University of Maryland campus. Uh, so the mids closed out uh, that whole thing with a win, which was good. You know, playing two tough teams to start it off on Friday. I certainly don't think that they wanted to start off with two drops or two losses. 
And they get a chance to bounce back in action tonight, actually, at Wesley Brown against VCU at 7 p.m. Chris Cervello is making his triumphant return to Annapolis like MacArthur waiting ashore at the Philippines. Uh, he and I will be there um, to bring you some Instagram live action as Paco Labrador's ladies start off their home schedule against VCU. Before we go into other events this weekend, there is a lot of talk, Wags, about Isaiah Drake. Um, I think Kip Simons has his hands on someone who is not only a talented collegiate gymnast, but could be competing on the next level now, right? Isaiah Drake is on track for Olympic consideration. Uh, he did some big-time things this summer. First of all, merely qualifying for the U.S. Gymnastics Championships is a big deal. But Isaiah didn't just show up. He went to Amelie Arena in Tampa, and he placed 14th overall in the all-around competition. And that garnered Isaiah a spot on the United States Senior National Development Team. That's basically your Olympic pipeline. Only a sophomore, the Los Angeles, California native, has really got a bright future. And yes, Navy's got one of the best male gymnasts in the entire country on the collegiate level at the academy. It's pretty, we got to get out and see this guy perform and we got to highlight him on Sync Second Sports for sure. You're absolutely right, Wags. We love covering Kip Simons, guys. We love covering gymnastics. And again, that's exactly why the Sync Second uh, Sports podcast was started. We're going to try to get more exposure for those sports that are not football, that are not basketball, that are uh, talked about not as often. And that's why we love what we do. So let's talk about what else is happening this weekend. I talked about volleyball against VCU tonight at 7 p.m. Volleyball and both soccer teams are back in action on Friday. Volleyball hosts Big Ten Power Michigan State at 7 p.m. That should be totally fun to watch. The men's soccer team hosts FDU at Glenn Warner at the same time. And women's soccer is on the road in Queens playing St. John's on Friday night as well. What else is happening this weekend? On Saturday, of course, Delaware at noon. Uh, water polo starts off their season that morning against Biola at 8 a.m. Uh, Chris Cervello and I will have an interview with Coach Louis Nicolau after that match to get you up to date on what's going on with water polo as they start their season. Men's and women's cross country go out to Salisbury for the Salisbury Fall Classic. Good luck to them as their season starts off. And then volleyball plays Albany at home at 3.30 p.m. Also happening on Saturday will be the first ever D1 rugby match against the Citadel. Men's rugby, Gavin Hickey and his crew at 4 p.m. out there at Greenberry Point. Chris Cervello and I hopefully will get some audio with Gavin before they lace them up and take on the Citadel for their first ever match. And then water polo is back in action uh, late Saturday afternoon at 4.45 against Louis Nicolau's former team at Princeton. Sunday is pretty light with two water polo matches, one at 9.15 and one at 12.15. And then both soccer teams are back in action. Women's soccer still on the road against Fairleigh Dickinson at noon on Sunday. And men's soccer, if you want to round out your weekend with more Navy sports, coming out to Glen Warner at 5 p.m., that's a gorgeous time of night to watch a soccer game right there on the banks of the Severn. Tim O'Dea's boys take on St. Francis of Brooklyn at 5 p.m. at Glen Warner. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, rounds out all of your action over the weekend. Now, before we go out, Bill Wagner, I know you have a parting shot. Let's throw it to you for that. Well, John, I just want to welcome a new member of the Navy varsity coaching staff brought aboard as men's golf coach is Jimmy Stobbs. He has been incredibly successful during his career. He led Barry University to three NCAA Division II national championships. Uh, he'll now come under the direction of Director of Golf, Pat Owen. But welcome aboard, Jimmy Stobbs. Welcome to the Navy family and to the varsity coaching staff. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to try to talk to Coach Stobbs on Saturday as part of our roving Instagram live coverage of the football game. And without any further ado, let's talk to you a little bit more about that. We will be on the gold side, on the blue side, in the stadium. So if you see a couple of really handsome gentlemen in Sing Second Sports gear, stop us. You know, we'll get you on Instagram live. We'll get your fan story. But we're going to try to talk to Coach Stobbs. We're going to talk to Coach Nicolau. We're going to try to talk to Chris Morgenthaler in Navy marketing about what to expect from marketing this year. And then finally, we're going to talk to former Navy punter and contributor to the pod during the first part of the football season, Pablo Beltran. Speaking of awesome Navy football coverage, a reminder that the Navy football podcast with Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani and some guy named Bill Wagner is also under the Sing Second Sports family of podcasts now. Their podcast will come out this Friday. Please tune in and listen to that. It's absolutely must-listen material. And finally, please check out our new landing page for Sing Second Sports material, www.provisionadvisors.net backslash Sing Second. That's where you can find all of the material that we will be posting about Sing Second Sports this year. We're going to build it out. We're going to put out a newsletter. We're going to bring you the best coverage of Navy sports that exists this side of Bill Wagner's Capital Gazette coverage. For Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. This is the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We'll see you Saturday. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.